This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. God is so faithful. Um, it's interesting because Grace brought up the whole thing about um, the lingering. The you know some some people may feel well. I want to get to the teaching, but we have to learn to understand when God is doing things. Sometimes it's not necessarily in the moment that He may be doing it with us or to us. Then again, He might be, and we don't know it. And um, so it, the lingering there is an importance to that. And what's so beautiful is I could feel even personally. I mean, when when Kevin gave you know what he felt the Holy Spirit had said, um, I literally was like. I know that I have chains that I don't even know I have. Anybody else? Like, you know, I mean, we're getting freer every single day. We're learning what part of us is just us and what part has actually been touched and changed and set free. And so with things like that, and I I think I've said this to you all before, but when I come, um, no matter what arena I come into, I'm first a child of God. I'm first a child of God, and so if he wants to touch me, I have to know that if he wants to come to me first as his child and deliver me or comfort me or provide for me in whatever way it would be, um, if I don't let that happen, then what have I got to bring to you guys? You know, even like in the night, I started singing that song as Matt was taking us back into it after Grace shared her heart, um, and then God kicks in. I was like, break all my chains. Break all my chains. And you know, the cool thing is, sometimes when you step forward in something personal like that, I'm like, okay, if if I don't feel I'm falling off in this moment as I dropped my mic off my face and just stood as a daughter of God, well, some of them are going to break off as I'm teaching or bringing what I bring because this is the deal. When you're on, when you're on a path with God, you don't know exactly when things are going to happen, but as you walk with Him, the light The light destroys darkness. The Holy Spirit destroys anything that would be messing with us, some of which I don't know. You know, sometimes stuff just gets on us. You know, if you go somewhere where they're cooking bacon, you're going to come out smelling like bacon. I love bacon, but I don't really like to smell like it. But I will if I go in a kitchen where they're cooking bacon. And so if I go places where darkness is, I may not let it literally in, but it can get on me and like creep me out. So um, I love what you said, Gracie, uh, about even the acupuncturist. And I've never had that done, but I'm fascinated by it for, for some of the reasons that you said. Because, boy, I've never seen that illustration, though, used like with God. That makes so much sense to me. So... I love that you said there would be something of what I bring tonight that would be as if God were putting a needle in somewhere. And um, I've titled this tonight, Faith and Filters. And um, to me, it seems like it's quite simple, but I kind of took a lead from... The panel, you know, we've had panel for two weeks that was so rich, so, so rich. And um, I can't remember. I think I know which panelists brought this, but panelists, doesn't that sound like some sort of a beauty contest or something? They were beautiful people. I know that. Can we give them a hand? I mean, seriously, like the heart, the heart from the people. 
I just love the love that God pours through people and through their knowledge. So, um, so I want to look at a couple of points and we'll take off from there. But I want to ask this question. What filter do you use to view your daily life? It's, it's such a big question. And it's not one that you ask one time in your life. Yeah, maybe once during the, I mean, I, yeah, because if you feel yourself slip, a different filter has come in. No condemnation, man. I mean, we're human and we're in a world that has some creepy stuff, right? So what filter do you use to view your daily life? The truth of the word or something else? You know, sometimes I don't realize that I'm using something else. Because I may even have with my, you know, like inside my brain, inside of me, I might even have a scripture sitting there. But I'm just sort of having a scripture sitting there. You know, like in restaurants, they'll have on a chalkboard their specials written. There's no taste in that writing. You're going to have to buy the special. Okay? You can even say, oh, I know exactly how they make that. You're still not tasting it. So, um, so we're going to look at some really uh, foundational, practical things. And I hope it helps because, like I said, I took my cues from some of the panel. And I'm going to tell you the three things, but we're going to delve into them. It was three points. And the first one was know who you are, know what you have in God, know how to use what you have in God. So uh, I'm going to take this simply, but after the way worship went and the what Kevin got from the Holy Spirit, what Grace brought at the end, I feel like in these in this simple study tonight, we're all going to get acupunctured. Pastor Barry used to say, "You can live in a garage your whole life; you'll never come out a car." and and it's true the same thing is true with church you can sit on a church pew your whole life you can tithe your entire life you can study the scriptures every day but the depth is to go back looking for him not just looking for what will get you by you with me okay so the first one know who you are this is so simple this this is so simple i'm only going to go to one scripture second corinthians 5 17 and um hold tight because if you just think oh yeah i know i know you know anyone that's in christ is a new creation you might need acupuncture <laughs> no seriously and that's not i'm not like poking i'm poking at me too because some of the things familiarity is one of the biggest traps in anything, you know, even in a natural job, familiarity can be a trap. If, if a nurse just does her job the same all the time, and well, I know what I'm doing, and um, oh gosh, I don't think I should tell that story, but um, anyways, there was an interesting, I, I worked a night shift one time, um, I was just, I, not just, I did a lot of interesting work, I was a CNA, and um, uh, a nurse lost a patient one night because she was so familiar with how she intubated and um, the tube didn't go where it was supposed to go. So um, anyways, someone met God that night. That sounds creepy, but I feel like God is very serious, getting more and more serious each week. Anybody else feel that? And I don't think it's just so. 
I think it's what God is doing with all of us because he loves us. So 2 Corinthians 5.17, now if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the older order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. Kind of interesting that um, the first scripture tonight is what Matt caught in prayer and brought out in the beginning of worship, fresh and new. You know, every moment of every day can become fresh and new when God speaks to our hearts, when he takes maybe even a truth that we're so familiar with, but he breathes on it. He, he touches it. Sometimes there may be a needle going in somewhere else in our life that causes this scripture to come up. I personally feel like we should never take for granted, and I think you even brought this out too, what Jesus did for us and the new birth and the capacity that once born again, once having come into that broad space where God wants to birth things from the heavenly heartbeat into our lives with expression, there can be birthings continuing all all of our life. I'm not saying that you get legally born again, again, and again, but your thought life can be born new, born fresh, have a touch from heaven, have a touch even with scriptures that you've known for decades. God can come and breathe and broaden them because no scripture, even this scripture that says, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he's fresh and new. And I think one of the things that I always like to look at is that that legal newness happened just like that, just just born. When a baby comes out of the birth canal and goes, <gasps> that happens in an instant, but that baby takes a breath the rest of their lives. The baby keeps breathing in and breathing out, breathing in and breathing out. And so I'm convinced that though legally it happens in that instant, that it's very important that we realize the vital. And you touched in chats when I came in for a bit, JR, you touched into that, the difference between the legal and the vital. You didn't use those words, but you touched into it. And, and I think you did too, Grace, just that walking out, the continual building of the house we live in. We get the goods We get the capacity. Like when you come out of the birth canal, you are fully human. You have every bone. You have all the muscles. You've got vocal cords. You've got all the stuff. You don't know how to use any of it. But you're fully human and fully spirit. Though you've not had any glimpse in your understanding of God. So I think it's important to look at that, to realize that we've been recreated by God through Jesus Christ, and this truth is right this minute legal. But it unfolds visibly and practically. Pastor Barry would say vitally, the difference between the legal and the vital. As we walk with him, as we walk with truth. And I I thought about this um, today when I was this morning, actually really early, um, I thought about how God grooms us. He's so faithful to groom us. He's so faithful to groom us. He doesn't say, Kathy, your hair's a mess and you're dirty. And then he comes and cleans me up. No, he just, he just grooms me as we walk together. He grooms me. And then sometimes I'll just sort of look at my life or look at my heart and realize he's done some more grooming. 
because I don't feel the same. I don't feel heavy. I believe that every person in this room is going to walk out of here feeling a bit lighter because he did some grooming tonight. He used different people's hearts and their capacity to hear him, to relate to him, and then share what they got. I took it, and I'm taking it to the bank. Actually, I'm going to take it on vacation tomorrow. Seriously, but I'm going to meditate it even further because I believe some chains fell off because I know he's faithful. And when he brings a word, he's doing something. Y'all with me? The second um, point was know what you have in God. Know what you have in God. There are scriptural promises, or we could say gifts or giftings. You know, every human has giftings for perception both naturally and spiritually. But when we're younger in truth, or maybe haven't seen truth yet, do some humans have any idea how powerful they are? And yet they may be using that power, but not by the Spirit of God. There are people in the earth that through sheer power of will and using their natural talents, without realizing even those are gifts from God, but they're changing the world, guys. And the, the church has got to quit judging that. Yeah. You know, like, get in agreement. I hear people, and you guys know this is one of my soapboxes, <clears throat> I hear people talk about celebrities giving millions of dollars and while well, it's tax deductible at the end of the year, or, um, you know, they're just wanting to be philanthropic. Uh, yeah. Isn't that the heart of God? Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of Lights. They just don't know where the generosity came from. Do you guys hear my heart? Because it's so important that we quit making everything about those that are in and those that aren't in. And just say, where do I sense the Spirit? Where can I know people after the Spirit? Where can I begin to build friendships that I have ideas that are being birthed from heaven that say, build relationship there. Build relationship. Help them to realize that my brother-in-law, he's now with the Lord, but um, he never said anything ugly about anybody ever. Hank was just a trip. Even when he had no money, he would use his credit card if you needed something. It wasn't wisdom, but it was generosity. And I told him one time we were having a chat because he would laugh and say, well, you know I do the Bible according to Hank. And I said, yes, I know, and that's sometimes sweet and sometimes not. And But we, we had this conversation one time, and I said, do you have any idea that how kind you are is God in you? That kind of kindness that doesn't think bad of people, always thinks the best, looks for the good in someone. That's a good thing from God. He was fascinated. He had no idea that he had something quite holy working through him. And it actually brightened him. I mean, he started to lighten up. And I'm like, yeah. Sometimes I think we look for sealing the deal instead of the sizzle that's actually going to cause people to believe that we know somebody different than the average God. So... um, So there's scriptural promises, gifts and giftings that enable us to handle, now listen to that, to handle, this is how good God is, to handle the issues and challenges of life. 
sickness, lack, provision, emotional stress, fears, relational issues, that it goes on and on what you will find in this book because you will find the histories and stories of humans, many of which walked crazy. They brought their crazy to the table. And they brought their giftings, their capacities to the table. And God walked with them and he trained them and he guided them and he saved them. And he opened them up to the light. And I think it's so powerful to look at those things. So we're talking about know what you have in God. So there's all this capacity. This book is filled with things. You know, sometimes I think we, we just want to tell people, and it's not wrong. You know, if you need healing, go to healing scriptures. If you if you need wealth, you need provision, whatever, then go to finance scriptures. And I think what Grace brought this evening was a quite poignant point. It was very poignant that sometimes there's other things God needs to do in us, just like an acupuncturist, that may not be on the spot we need right now, but he says, I can't do this till I build this inside of you. In other words, I remember one time God said to me, you, you have no place for me to give you the answer to that question. He didn't tell me that, though, until he had built inside me. And then all of a sudden, I'm driving along two or three years later, and the answer came. And I'm like, didn't I ask you that three years ago? And I'm just thinking, you know, he's teaching me patience. No, he's teaching me what I needed to know so the answer could come, so that I could hear what he wanted to say. You with me? So Romans 8, 2. And I want to see if I want to go to it. Still looking at number two. Um, Know what you have in God. Romans 8, 2 is crazy delicious. I think I want to read it in the Passion. Let me see if that's where I want to read it. Romans 8, um, 2. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated liberated us from the law of sin and death. I'm going to read that again, and then I'm going into the New King James. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. Now, let me read it in New King James, because honestly, if we can grab this thing, you can start walking in some liberties just because the spirit begins to tell you, don't be bound. Don't be bound. When something comes to put you in a chain, don't take it. Don't take it. Resist it. You see, there's a force. There's a force of resistance in your spirit. How many people know God? Like you know God, you have the spirit of God in you. Okay. You have the resistor living in you linked to your spirit. If two agree. See, God even made a way to set us in agreement with him. And if we would make our soul come into submission under our spirit, there's a whole lot of stuff that would happen. Okay, here's um, Romans 8, 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life. If you've entered into Christ, you have entered into a different law, a different law, has made me free from the law of sin and death. So what happened with respect to the fall, the law of sin and death, you see, laws are something that always work. And the only way that a law um, can be superseded is by a higher law. So the law of sin and death was put into operation because man made a choice outside of life. It wasn't God did punishment. Man made the choice. 
You know, we always think, well, God didn't like what they did, so he punished them. No, no. Man made the choice to let free will. That's it. To let somebody else give him input, information to make a decision. You all with me? It's really important to understand that because a law is always going to work until it's superseded by a higher law. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which we're all under now, is far higher a law than the law of sin and death. That's why if no condemnation, okay, but I'm going to go somewhere. If you're experiencing fear or paranoia or uncertainty or any kind of the angst with the pandemic and COVID, maybe even moving into vaccine and all of this, none of that kind of anxiety is for us. You can make the decision of how you want to walk with vaccine. Um, no condemnation, either direction. The key is don't walk in fear. It's hard to make wise decisions with the mind of Christ when we're walking under the law that isn't from Christ. It's not that he's denying us the wisdom. It's simply that we don't hear it because we've got this other law shouting inside of us. You see, even like the law, um, the law of gravity, it's a natural law. It works. You know, if I come off this platform, unless there's a move of the spirit causing me literally to walk on air, which it's happened before with People ministering on platforms, they walk off the end of the platform and go back on. Um, but that would co- be called a sign and a wonder and a miracle. So that's not going to happen normally. Gravity is going to pull you to the ground. I mean, it even does it with our bodies. As you age, not everything stays uptight and out of sight. I mean, even your face, your, your skin on your face changes. Okay? I mean, it's not like horror. You don't have to freak out. But that law. But there was another law already in existence called lift and thrust. The Wright brothers didn't make it up. They didn't invent it. They found it. They found it. <laughs> Have you found the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus? <laughs> like turns me on. I like keeping looking for it. I'm looking for it all over the place. I'm looking for it in here. That's why I was like, if I let the chains break off me tonight, then when I minister, I'm going to minister differently, Jesus, because I don't, it doesn't matter if anybody thinks my teaching is explicit and good and can understand it. It's that the spirit, the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus flows through this people and causes people to not be bound, to even leave this place different. See, I could give an invitation and maybe that invitation for you to come forward wouldn't be as powerful as you just listening to the words and saying, she's saying something and Jesus is doing acupuncture inside of me and touching into things to bring change because he knows what I need. I don't know what I need, but Jesus knows what I need. And so he's going to touch things and he's going to leave seed in different places. See, he doesn't just stick a needle in. He sticks his breath in and leaves a seed. So this word law here, let me find my place. Is that the one where I wanted to go into the law? Um, No, and I don't know where I wrote it. I wrote it somewhere. But when you talk about um, law, that thing that always works When you're walking with God and you're trusting in the law of the spirit of life, you see, God set in motion all the laws. He even, and if you can understand this, he set in motion certain laws to illustrate for us how to perceive the spiritual truths. 
even, take a deep breath, okay? You might think this is beautiful and wonderful, and you might think, ew. Marriage is the grandest illustration of all. Because marriage is an illustration, a natural experience that shows us how deeply God loves. And don't think this is dirty or crude or perverted, but it gives us the picture of how intimately connected to us he wants to be. This is why he uses words like the bride of Christ. Fruit that's born from our spirits. The power of our soul to even keep us from conceiving appropriately. See, that's why faith and filters. If your faith is being filtered through your own perception or misperception because of your own life or lifestyle or happenings or hurts or pain or lack, it's going to trip up certain laws. You see, unless I've got an engine on my back, when I walk off the platform, I'm not going to go up and fly. I'm going to come down to the floor. Because only if lift and thrust is in operation will the gravity release me. Only if the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, I'm standing in the midst of that, is the law of sin and death going to have to back up. Are you with me? This is key stuff because the filters, we automatically filter things. We were built to filter things. Adam and Eve had the capacity to filter things. His breath and his word and fellowship with him came to them. But choices were made. Second Peter 1. Are you all with me? Is this making sense? Second Peter 1, verses 3 and 4. This is the passion first. Everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. That's so plain. Like you have to try to misunderstand that. But think about it. All of us, if we look with just normal everyday filters, we would look at our lives or maybe our feelings or our emotions and say, I don't feel like I have everything that I need. Anybody with me? For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him. Him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. See, the law of the spirit of life, that's kind of what he's talking about there. You're going to come into some manifestations through this law that supersedes everything else happening in our lives. As a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature. Goodness sakes. We can co-operate, co-partner, co-exist 
with the divine nature. If you think about even the Wright brothers chose to put together a contraption, they chose to be fearless. You do understand the first time they went off those sand dunes in North Carolina, they didn't really know what would happen. Sounds to me like Peter getting out of the boat. They were trusting on a path they'd been led on. I don't know their salvation, you know, the story or anything, or if there was anything there. I do know this. They were operating by divine um, intellect. They discovered something that God had made that was, once again, an illustration. You see, if we will couple natural life with spiritual truth, and begin to test waters with the ideas that we catch in our imagination. You see, Peter has the nerve to say, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come. I don't think he did a lot of thought thinking. I mean, he just was caught up in the spirit. Because what was an operation? Jesus was coming to them on the water. I don't think his anointing was just right here around him for a little, you know, they talk about our personal space, like what is it, three to four feet or something. I think Jesus' anointing was going way further than that. I mean, we're talking about the man who brought the law of the spirit of life into the planet. So the law of the spirit of life is like billowing out of this man slash Christ, God, walking on the water, and he's like, mm, he's, he says for me to say, come, come. There was a lot more in that word come than get out of the boat, Peter, and uh, come toward me. All the power to get out of the boat and come toward him was in the word Peter told him to tell him. Come on, guys. Do you understand that the nerve of God inside of you, when you say, I'm going to do this, Jesus, and I really believe you're, you're the one calling me to do it. And he says, mm, I kind of like that. Come on. I think that. Seriously, in the church, I think we try to make sure that it's him and we hesitate because we're like, unless I'm 100% sure it's Jesus saying, come on the water, I'm not going on the water. That's not faith, guys. That's doctrine. That's not faith. So is not a school where we sit here and get a bunch of scriptures stuck in our head. I want personally to test the scriptures myself. That word come was filled with the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that had so much power that it caused a human being to get out of a boat and step on on the water. And this is the deal, guys. He kept walking. He was walking on water. He was walking on water. What are you supposed to do? What water is Jesus? You're saying, God, if it's you, tell me to do this. And he's like, And you're like, oh, is it really you? I don't know if it's you. The minute a filter kicks in, I had somebody, remember John Nolan? He said to me one time, you remember him too, don't you, Gracie? This was a guy that was here so prophetic, crazy prophetic, and also crazy. But good crazy. So good crazy. Loved Jesus so much. Jesus actually came to him when he was stoned out of his mind on drugs. And Jesus walked right in there and sobered him up like that. And he started following Jesus. Don't know if he gave the drugs up. but No, he did for a while at least. I don't know what he's doing now because he's retired. But 
such a powerful man. And so he says to me, um, I had so many spiritual encounters with him. It was crazy, but really cool guy. Anyways, he says, when you get an inclination, go right, go right then. Because the faith is in that moment. If you take a thought and hesitate, you sort of slip back out. It's almost like they tell you that when you hit the pushing phase. Moms, raise your hands, you know, when you're pushing the baby. You get to this point where they don't even want you to take a big, big deep, long breath. Keep, just keep, because if you stop, you know, pushing, the baby slips right back up into the birth canal. Jesus is kind of the same way, like, girl, once you start pushing with my faith word that you've said, tell me to do this. I mean, don't we do that? We tell him. Just, just give me the nerve, Jesus. And he says, cool, let's go. And we're like, was that you? <laughs> well, who do we think it was? Do you really think the devil's going to tell you to do cool stuff? And if he did, wouldn't Father God just love to say, you idiot, I'm in, let's go. So I want you, when you go home tonight, what words has he said to you? What things, where, where has he stimulated you to step out of your boat, out of your comfort zone, out of your boundary you've put on the beautiful doctrines of this word? Because I'm telling you what, this word is some crazy powerful stuff. You t- we were talking, I don't even remember where it was, maybe chats, maybe everywhere today, I don't know, but superhero stuff. Why do people even get the ideas for superheroes? Because it's ingrained in the fiber of our existence to operate supernaturally. Do you understand supernaturally isn't invisibly in the spirit world. Super and natural is like the super of God, the superior of God being shown on natural flesh and in a natural life with natural challenges that happen on planet earth. Creepy stuff, horrible stuff, frightening stuff, debilitating stuff. And it was even something during worship. Only believe. Only believe. And when he says that, only believe, I'll give you the belief. We don't make ourselves believe. Did I finish that verse? Yeah, partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped. Have, doesn't say will, says you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world. Anybody in here ever have some corrupt desires? Come on, I'm going to not be the only one being honest, okay? Do you know that before we even have those feelings, we have already overcome them? There is a force inside of us because those corrupt desires don't come out of your spirit. And your spirit is on the throne. Your spirit will say, don't go there. Because Holy Spirit lives in there. And your spirit is going to always translate to you what Holy Spirit is saying to you. Your spirit doesn't have a problem believing God. Want me to blow your mind a little further because this blows my mind. And um, this is, was one of the most powerful things, um, encounter that I had with Pastor Gavin. It was when he was a student in the training center. And I was teaching the faith class. I just want to say, y'all, he's, he's such, such a precious man. And he's so serious about his walk with God. And he has always been. And um, he, was, he was more conservative, but not like you might think I mean it. Um, but he asked this question one night. 
it stunned me. A student had never asked this question. Gosh, do I even want to tell this? <laughs> well, we're not recorded. Well, yeah, we're recorded. <laughs> I know now uh, Pastor Bear used to reach back and turn the mic off, but I'm not going to do that. Um, he would do that in training, so you remember? Just a little click, and you knew, <laughs> we're going to get something good now. <laughs> He's in heaven, so I'm not going to get him in trouble. <laughs> right? Um, but anyways, so he says to me, he raises his hand, and he says, because I was teaching about the seed, and he said, where does the seed go? Where does the seed go? I'm going to leave that with you to think about for yourself, but I want you to think about this. When you're born new, when you yield, and your spirit is literally hooked together with God, do you think your spirit has a lot of need? I'm just going to drop that there. But there is a part of our body, our existence, that does have a lot of need. And it's this garden, this this dirt, this capacity. Because if anything can stop the power of God that would flow out of your spirit, it's this mind. We don't give enough credit to how God built us, that he built us phenomenally strong. He made this mind so that it could literally keep our body moving, our heart beating, our lungs breathing, just supernaturally, automatically, without another engine, because we are connected to him. So the seed, think about this. There is stuff happening inside of you. I'm sorry for all this. This is, it's so crazy to me. When I teach and stuff and when I have spiritual conversations with friends, my nose just starts running. I don't know what that is. I used to have, this is crazy, but I used to have one armpit that would perspire. I don't, I'm, I like, these are, I mean, seriously, like there's freaky stuff. Your body does freaky stuff. Kenneth Hagin used to say, you want to know why you fall out in the spirit? You know, like when somebody prays for you and he said, well, grab a hold of 220 electricity and you'll see you'll hit the ground fast. So when somebody releases the power of God. So that kind of got me on this thing. And I've asked God through the years and it's kind of like he just keeps taking my attention away from it. And like, does it bother you that your nose is? I mean, it's just your body, whatever. I don't understand it. I have no symptoms. My nose hasn't been running all day. But when I start to talk, it started running a little bit. I was talking to you before we, we came into prayer and I'm like, and, and I always tell Gavin, where are the Kleenexes? Just put them on the desk when we start talking. But anyways, um, so there's all this happening inside of you. Did I read um, 2 Peter from King James or New King James? Not yet. I want to go there. Gosh, am I going to get through all this? Okay, so um, grace and peace. I'm starting at verse 2 in New King James. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who calls us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly. That's a pretty, like, multiplied kind of word, exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We always want to hook those things like lust and corruption, all this stuff to dirty stuff, you know, like sexual or whatever, sensual or whatever, but it can be anything. I mean, if, if your lust is even lusting after the word of God, but in the wrong, like, I just want to have knowledge. I feel like just stuffing this thing up my nostril. 
<laughs> you can lust after things. I mean, for me, this spirit of life in Christ Jesus, I'm more and more fascinated by scriptures that I've pondered my whole life. Like Paul saying, the, the resurrection, I want to know the power of your resurrection. What has your resurrection done to me, for me? In me, what is the resurrection? What does resurrection even mean? Do you understand that resurrection, the Greek word wasn't a church word. It was a Greek word and it had to do with a standing up, like something knocks you down or puts you down or takes you mentally down. But then you come to a place where I think it's anastasis or something like that. And you come up, you stand up, you come back to yourself and stand up. So resurrection takes you spirit, soul, and body. I mean, Jesus didn't just get resurrected spiritually. Bodily, when the power of God did exactly the promise. I mean, Jesus is the one who on the cross said, into your hands, I commit myself. I'm going to tell you, he knew whose hands he was committing himself to. He knew that God would do what was needed for him. See, we have to remember that Jesus had to walk in faith too. Things didn't just happen for him. He had to believe God. He spent his whole life studying truth, getting the nerve. I would be willing to bet that in his private time with God, he asked questions like, if this is really what you want me to do, then when I go back down there, I'm just going to thank you ahead of time for the energy to minister to 6,000 people. And then when he lifted a few loaves and fishes, and he, he, before he gave it to the disciples, I love that the disciples did the miracle, but before he gave it to them, he lifted it up and said, spoke a blessing on it. He linked them and himself to God and said, now you guys go distribute this. And I'm sure they're looking at it thinking, have you seen who's here? But they trusted him. Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. What, it'll do, what will it do in you? Number three, know how to use. See, I'm, I'm not delving deep, but what I am doing, I hope it's whetting your appetite to go to this word, maybe even go to things you already know and dig deeper. There's other veins. There's other veins. If you're a person who just takes the doctrines for the sake of the doctrines, dig in them. Look for the crazy Look for the thing that will spark you, that will give you the nerve, that will cause you to step past your own comfort zone. Past that thing that tries to tell you, ooh, you better not go any further because what if it doesn't work? You're going to mess with the reputation of God. Seriously, come on. Hasn't that been all of our excuse though? I don't want to make God look bad and I don't think my faith is strong enough. Your faith isn't strong enough, I can tell you that right now. But it's not your faith you're operating on. Peter didn't, and, and I've had some interesting discussions with different people on that one. It, I mean, yeah, it's given to us and it's a gift, but it's not natural faith. It's supernatural faith. It's supernatural nerve. It's given to us as a gift. For by grace you've been saved through faith, but this not of yourselves. It's not yours. You've been given the privilege to cooperate coexist with the divine nature. God says, I'm choosing to link myself to you. You live your life, but I'm going to flow the spirit of it through you. Are y'all with me? Number three, know how to use what you have in God. 
Hebrews 4.12. I hope this so stimulates you guys. I I hope literally, even if it agitates you. I can remember when I first came here, everything out of Pastor Barry's mouth, because I was still going to a Baptist church. I was still going to a Baptist church on Sundays and um, Wednesdays, our midweek service, and I was sneaking over here like Nicodemus. <laughs> Seriously, I didn't, I didn't tell anybody at the other church where I, what I was. Neil was the only one that knew what I was doing, and the kids. And I would sneak over here on Tuesday mornings for the women's thing and Tuesday night for the midweek service, which is why Pastor Barry had it on Tuesday nights, because other people from other churches that really wanted to eat the word came here. And so I'd come over here, and everything he said agitated the snot out of me. <laughs> Maybe that's what's wrong now. <laughs> I mean, I was like, where is he getting this? But then something inside of me was like all excited, thinking, somehow this seems right. Somehow this seems right. And I would go down home, and I would tell Neil, and he would say, where are you getting this stuff? And I said, it's from Barry Levy up at that church. And, and I got baptized, and I was trying to tell him about the baptism with the Spirit, and he couldn't get it, blah, blah, blah. But this is the power of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. He's driving home from Maryland one night in his little truck, thanking God that I got what I was looking for. And all of a sudden, he starts praying in tongues. He didn't understand a word I was telling him that Pastor Barry had taught me. He didn't understand because his Baptist was like going, nope, nope, nope. But he was thankful that I got what I was looking for. Is that a good man or what? Yeah. And then praising him, he just he said, he comes in the house and I got it. I'm like, what? <laughs> he said, tongues. I said, how? He said, I don't know. Still got it to this day. He didn't have to know how. He got it. Hebrews 4.12. See, this is the supernatural stuff. I think we try too hard to know how we're going to get it. How are we going to get it? Just go. Just go. Somebody said to me recently, that what we have to think about if we're stepping out in territory and like, what if something horrible happens or what if we die? Threaten me with heaven. <laughs> like, seriously? Exit the pandemic. Um, Hebrews 4.12, for we have the living word of God, which is full of energy. You need energy tonight? There it is. There's your scripture. Stand on. Seriously, you can take it to the bank. Like a two-mouthed sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our heart. (laughs) You have crazy thoughts that keep you from doing the truth of God? Let the word of God in. Just go to the word. Just go to the, go anywhere in this word. Start going. I encourage you go to the epistles. Just go, read John or go to the letters to the different churches. You know, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Just go there and read in there because those are the things that the apostle Paul, a spiritual father, was teaching the church of Jesus Christ how to walk in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus on planet earth in the midst of the spirit of the law and sin and death. And he was like, I'm telling you, this word will divide between your crazy thoughts and your good thoughts. It'll take you to a place where you will get your tail end right out of that boat, step on the water. And when you start sinking, you'll say, Jesus. And he'll be like. He still pulls people up out of the water. And then they walk back to the boat together. I'm going to throw something out at you just because I want to, just because I thought of it just now. I love to like 
test the parameters on stuff. I'm not saying this, this, I'm not shooting this out as doctrine, but think about this. So Jesus is walking on the water to the boat and God's watching all this, Father God. And Father's God's even got an encounter for Jesus. You got this intimate relationship with these guys. And there's one that is pretty crazy, but he really trusts you. And so think about that. What if even Peter walking on the water, the whole point of him walking out there, he could have translated. He did that too sometimes. But tonight he's walking on the water. So he's walking out there on the water. What if the whole walk for him on the water was because God knew what Peter wanted to do. And he says, I'm going to have Jesus walk on the water. Because I'm going to show Peter something. And so what if, I'm just saying what if. I'm not saying chapter and verse. I'm just saying what if even Jesus the man, full of God, but also full of humanity, was walking on water because God was going to teach one of his disciples something so powerful about the capacity to trust him. And Jesus was learning, trust God. I don't want you to translate to the boat, Jesus. I want you to walk on the water. I got some other things in mind. What if that's what's happening in you guys? What if some of your stories incorporate other people into them? What if Jesus, you've called him near and he's giving you the nerve for things that are going to call other people near? Why do we reduce it to this church experience? Why do we reduce this to doctrine? Do you know what the most powerful? This is the redemption of the New Testament. It's no longer just church doctrines. You can study church doctrines all day long. They're beautiful and wonderful. But until the church doctrines are walked by the power of the Holy Spirit that came to us from the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ's doctrines are where religion has been redeemed. resurrected, taken off a pew and put out on the open waters in the open field. That's what this school about. This school used to be tuition-based in a classroom, basically a Bible college, but pastor called it a training center. Pastor Barry did. And then his son chooses to take it out of a classroom, throw it in an open field. No guidance, just I'm going to close that, Kathy, but it's still yours. What? (laughs) 23 years doing that. And he throws it on the water. And I had to explore some things that I'm still exploring. Because I figure if you took it out of the box, you didn't want me to put it back in there. And here I got some people that are water walkers coming on a Wednesday night. Galatians 2.19. I found this verse in a, a new way, oh gosh, probably 10 or 15 years ago. And it... Um, It stopped me in my tracks because I knew there was more in it than what I could understand, and I'm still digging in it, and I feel to end there tonight, even though I got a lot of stuff I didn't even get to, but um, that's okay. We'll either come back to it or somebody else will hit it. Galatians 2.19, For I, through the law, died to the law, that I might live to God. 
I, through the law, died. This Paul saying this. I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. I want to encourage you, if, if your Christian experience feels legalistic, don't give up. You'll come to your freedom by holding tight. Hold tight to these laws of truth because the whole point of holding them with discipline and care is that you will reach a point where you begin to hear him differently. And that, that law there is nomos. And it's the idea of prescriptive practice or a principle and the usage of it. And if you feel like that's all that's happening with you is these principles and the usage of it and walking in this prescriptive pattern, there's going to come a time when God begins to, and it may be tonight, deliver you out of viewing that your disciplines and your study are not bringing the fruit you want. You see, that's where we have to say, okay, Jesus, apparently I'm being bound by a gravity that could possibly be called church doctrine. It could possibly, I'm not against church. I'm here. I've been here. Well, here I've been at every service for 30 years or something, huh, JR? So I believe in this, but I believe in this for different reasons than I used to. So there is an idea where give yourself to the prescriptive practices, but say to Jesus, I'm going to end up on the water walking with these because these are not normal words. And if you try to understand these words with your natural brain, you'll never get it. But if you begin to say, okay, Jesus, um, if that's you, tell me to come on the water. You, if you learn yourself, you're going to start to feel these surges. Our spirit gets surges. You might not use the word surge, but it could be surge. It could be lifting. It can be almost like a split second of the nerve. Just a split second that says, go ahead. Remember when I shared, um, I don't even remember now where I shared. Gosh, minutes, just hours, days, they all flow into each other, but... Um, I think I shared in here about how I resisted getting on my face when I was on the praise team because it just seemed so out of order to do it up there. And, and awkward because on the stage we also had these risers that we were on. And, um, but when I did, when I let go and did, I had an encounter with God that I'll never forget. And actually my daughter will never forget it either. She teased me one time and said, some of your encounters in God are things I need to be so sorry for. <laughs> she was just joking. Um, but you know, a little girl's just sitting there waiting for, <laughs> waiting. Wait, wait, who are you waiting for? Waiting for my mama cereal? <laughs> but she was never embarrassed by that. That's supernatural. <sighs> so dying to the law. I, through the law, died to the law. Going and being disciplined in the word of God. If you get nothing else from me tonight, be disciplined in going to this word. Even if it feels legalistic, go to this word. Get a sane thought from biblical truth. But always approach it saying, Lord, you're doing something more than I can feel right now. You might be doing acupuncture. You might be approaching me in this area. Maybe tonight he's poking you in that you're not as disciplined as would be beneficial for you. No condemnation. No condemnation. 
He's coming to save us, right? To resurrect us. Um, let me see if there's anything I just want to touch into. Um, I, I'm just going to touch this quickly. Um, I was going to go to John 1.1 1, 1 and um, John 1.14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning. Uh, and everything was created through him. And then John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The, the supernatural law of the spirit of life became fleshed out and walked in front of us. And um, if you look, the word there, most people would think it was rhema. It, it's logos. Please, please don't let teaching on logos and rhema diminish logos. Because you will never get to a place where you have personal rhema without the Logos. The Logos is not just the written with no personal communication. When you really approach this scripture as a student of truth, hungry to know God, that Logos is a transmission of thought, communication, a word, an explanation, an utterance, discourse, divine revelation. It's talk. I like to talk with Jesus. Sometimes he talks to me just when I go to these scriptures and just read. It's a statement, an instruction. It's a divine promise, a divine doctrine, a divine declaration. Jesus is the living Logos. The message of God took on flesh and a man's discipline in his personal life released the spirit of life in Christ Jesus who now lives inside of us, giving us the nerve to give Jesus a word to say to us so that we get out of the boat. Father, we honor you tonight. We honor you tonight. I, I know I can feel the hearts of the people in this room. And together we honor you. We, we honor you, Jesus. We reverence you, Holy Spirit. We let our lives say to you tonight, give us the words to say to you, giving you permission to call us out. Take us farther, Jesus, than just sitting in the middle of a synagogue experience. Take us out into that open field where we lift our lives to be blessed by God and changed forever. Bid us come, Jesus. We give you permission to lure us out of our comfort zones. We give you permission so that you're not This isn't trickery. We're giving you permission. And if you agree with me in that right now, just let your heart say yes to. I give you permission, Jesus, to lure me out of my own comfort zones. I give you permission to take me farther than I've ever been before. Thank you so much, Jesus, for the pattern you give us of freedom and love and grace and mercy. We trust you tonight. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen. I love you guys. Have a great rest of your week.